Welcome in the somewhat mobile. When we drop data, it's not anecdotal. Talking the latest mobile trends with highlighting the surges and descends. Yeah, this is an original series from Aptopia. The intelligence provider here to help focus you. I'm growing your mobile app and putting you on the map. So when people pull out their phone, it's the first thing they want to tell. So crack yourself a beer and give a listen here because the best podcast and mobile just landed in your ear. Welcome into Somewhat Mobile, the show mobile app teams listen to when they need to hear someone else's voice besides their managers. Today, joining me is Burke Cooper, Chief Marketing Officer at Fetch Rewards. Burke, you've been at Fetch for more than eight years. Why haven't you left yet? <laughs> the team's awesome. The team is fantastic. Wes lured me in eight years ago and never turned back. It's an awesome group of people to solve problems with. Is that is that the CEO Wes? Yeah, that's that's our CEO Wes Roll. Yep, he Got was. Uh, when I joined, I actually he was he was twenty, so I couldn't legally have a beer with him. But his vision, <laughs> of, his vision of what he wanted to do, and what they were building, yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. Awesome. So let's start with the basics. Who are you? What is Fetch? And how, you kind of told a little bit about it, but how did you get to Fetch, and what do you do there today? Yeah, sure. So Burke Cooper, Chief Marketing Officer of Fetch. So what is Fetch? Fetch is a mobile app that rewards you for your everyday purchases. We, we took this thing that people should do, which is save money. And we combined it with something they want to do, which is have fun. And that creates a really strong product market fit. So like, that's the, the emotional, right? That, like what, what we do. Brass taxes. We have 17 million people scanning 9 million receipts a day. And they scan those receipts because they earn points on everything that they purchase, right? And they earn even more if it's a partner product. And they turn those points into gift cards. So it's just this really fun, engaging way to save or earn some rewards on the things that you buy. Awesome. And so what are these people who are scanning things like what what are your best users look like and how you've you've been here eight years? Like how long did it take you to to figure out what they look like? Or are you still finding out new personas all the time? Yeah. So I could talk about this topic for a long time, but but the I'll, floor I'll, is yours. Yeah. So, so <laughs> the, like, I think the core of that question is like targeting and product market fit, right? Sure. Uh, and I think if you asked me that, and I answered through like a classic marketer's answer over the last like forty years, right? You get an answer like, "Well, our core user looks like a women twenty-five to fifty-four had a household shopper, the kids in the house, like." And I'd list a bunch of other demographics, right? And I'd say. Mm-hmm. Secondary target is young adult, 15 to 23. The reality is um, like we don't use demographics. We, we, we don't pay attention to that in our go-to-market motion uh, and, and really like for our, who our best users are, who our best consumers are. The, the truth is our best users, our best consumers um, are people who scan receipts each week. They open the app multiple times a week. They redeem special offers by our brand partners, right? refer friends. So we focus on the behavioral and we tie that behavior to our go-to-market motion. And so it, like, if you back up, when we were just launching this app, product actually sat within marketing. So I oversaw product and marketing. And it, I think it's rather unique for, a, for a, a tech startup, an early tech company. But the benefit is we have the same team focused on go-to-market motion from product and acquisition. Right. And so we got really, really good at like, the complexities of our user funnel, like what needed to be true behaviorally for somebody to stay. And we just tied our acquisition to those things, right? And so we, very early on, we didn't lean into demographics. We were using, Facebook got really good at, at lookalikes, 
right? So yep. people look yep. like your best user. And then we quickly expanded and, and majority of our go-to-market was through like probabilistic display, right? So tying these different partners, we managed it all in-house and tie it to different points in our funnel, right? So we've just, just get, got really good at finding people that looked like our best user. And so we, we, we really don't overly obsess with with, with has the, that become harder to find them with on, on iOS with Apple's tracking uh, so, policies? So it it did for a couple months. We leaned into we kind of believe that that they were not bluffing, right? And we were like, okay, they want us to use SCAD network. So we got really good at SCAD. Okay. And we now we have our, like our CAC is 2019 levels. Like we've kind of bucked that trend and, and are doing really well on acquisition. But like I think the important like Demographics, I think, it is a tool that was used when there was no better tools for targeting, right? And I think that if there's a company that's using demographics to to, to fuel their go-to-market motion, I think that they're going to be lapped by their competitors t- today. And so, we, yeah, we just got really good at like our our best user. We know what they behaviorally what they look like. Yeah, and we really focus on that. What's harder for you guys? I mean, it's you. It sounds like your your people now, but finding and acquiring them, or once they install the app, keeping them engaged or, or turning them into I don't know if it's a power user or at least some sort of recurring user. I think it depends when, like when. So early on, acquiring was like right out of the gate. So it was hard. Like that was probably the hardest. Once we got the momentum going, we have really good retention. 40% of our households retain through a year. So it's like, wow. it's like we have re- really solid retention, kind of best of class. But I always think that that's the heart. Like we, we believe it should be 80%, right? And, and so I always think that that pr- the experience, like the product experience, that the, the full consumer experience and retaining people is the name of the game. It's It reminds, so I've come from an advertising background, right? It reminds me of the famous David Ogilvy quote, great marketing only makes a bad product die faster. <laughs> and I think like the inverse of that is like, if you have a great product, the marketing just gets, it gets easier. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> given, given the current like economic conditions, I mean, we've seen Adaptopia, we're, we're doing our own trend spotting here, but I'm curious from your vantage point, are you seeing more people turning towards savings and rewards companies such as yourself and also direct to consumer companies in some ways have been struggling a little bit with, with inflation and with those things. Have you been onboarding more D2C partners as a result of this as well? So kind of a two-sided question, the consumers and the, the companies, because you you partner with both. Yes. Yeah. So let me take that. It's a great question. The, the first question, there's undoubtedly, there's, there's macroeconomic tailwinds behind us. You get in a situation like like we're rather anti-cyclical to the to the market, right? Like counter-cyclical. If if markets down, right. people need savings. Like they're gonna they're gonna f- fly towards tools like ours, right? Apps like ours. But we do well enough. Like we're we're robust when when markets are are humming. So we'd rather. I always say like we'd we'd much rather have the world look like that and not have the pain and not have some of those <laughs> tailwinds behind us for sure. Because because we do well enough d- during those times anyway. D to C, like I I think I think inflation has has been tough, but I think the the big thing that hurt them was the the signal and the targeting. It just became so like their CACs doubled, tripled. They were so reliant on some of the old tools that that no longer were there for them. We've 
So, so I, what you're asking there is, is a little bit into our, our business model. Like we partner with brands. Exactly. So, so if you're scanning a, a, a receipt um, and we partner with Unilever, PepsiCo, General Mills, L'Oreal, you name it, right? The, the, the companies. And if any of their brands are on your receipt from any store, you're going to earn even more points, right? So it becomes just this really easy kind of fun way to discover new brands. And, and, and when, there is, when there's times of, of instability, uncertainty in the market, it's an awesome time for brands to grab market share and oftentimes I think underappreciated. So yeah, we do see we do see a lot of brands starting to contact us and say like, hey, how do I get on here, right? To to drive demand or whatever it is. And so right. we, it, we're we're seeing loyalties up for grabs like in times like these. But I do a lot of work in the in the QSR industry, and that's that's what we've seen is like pe- people are in the mood to switch depending on what's working for them right now. Yeah, and those moments don't come come by that often. It seems like they've they've happened more recently than than probably, but but they don't come by like all that often for a household where all of a sudden they're up for changing which which restaurant they go to or, or, or which deodorant they buy or whatever it is. And so when those moments appear, I think it's super important for brands to recognize it and, and like find ways to 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 grab market share. And so that's what we offer. Like we we give back to the the whole thing around how you target and how you go to market. We give brands a better a better way to to reach and attract and retain customers, right? It's, it's behavior based. We know exactly what people are buying, and we'll give you a better targeting tool to go to go talk to them, to go attract them, convert them, retain them, right? And, and we have that full attribution, so it becomes a really really effective way for brands to 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 grab market share, right, and grow their business. All right, let's get a little more tactical. I noticed that there's some fierce paid keyword competition in your space. So we've seen Fetch buying keywords related to gas, ostensibly to combat upside, which which really came on earlier in the year. I, I think it was called Get Upside. I think it might just be called Upside now. And then we've seen Rakuten buying the, the actual keywords, Fetch and Fetch Rewards. And so like... It makes me curious how big of an acquisition channel is paid keywords for you, and how do you determine like when to zig and zag there with all everyone buying everyone else's keywords? Yeah, that <laughs> something that we we um, we've definitely had conversations with. Like we 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 can see who's buying our our keywords. It's it's just a for us. It's we think about it defensively versus offensively, we'd, we'd much rather be offensive than defensive. There has to be some part of our strategy. where. How, how do you define that defensive versus offensive? So like, we don't pay a ton of attention to competitors and, 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 and what they're doing. We think that, that like, if we are building the brand and the product and our go-to-market, like we should be able to exist hundred percent of our go-to-market outside of, of like keyword protection but we will layer in some keyword protection a lot of times just to, to see what it does to all other channels, right? So we'll flight it in, see what the lift is, measure it, pull it back, mostly just to understand the dynamics of, of what it helps and when, and that changes, right? So you're just constantly running different experiments. I read some stat that Apple searched that their, that, that downloads moved from like 17% from keyword bids to like 60, 70% of their, their downloads were, we're driven by their search, like a, a huge percent. So it clearly has to be part of your strategy. Right. And we see that other people are bidding on it. But like, if, if that's where all our dollars are going is protecting that, then what are you doing to actually drive there? Right. So it has to be that, 
balance. And we don't, we don't, I don't, I don't signal to my acquisition teams that I care heavily about our competitors because I don't want them to over-index on that. I want them to stay aggressive on the offensive side. And what I mean by that is and not even like bidding on other team on other companies' keywords. I mean, finding other ways to, to go get consumers and drive them to the app store, right? With, with fetch in mind, because we think we'll win then. So it, it, it's a, it's always interesting to, to see who's bidding on you. <laughs> it just means that you're, you, you have their mind share. And what is the, I mean, do, do, does key, how big of an acquisition channel is it for you? Like, are, do you find people already kind of know that they want to download you from seeing an ad or something else? Or are you getting a lot of traffic through the paid keywords? Search overall, search as an overall bucket is probably 30, 40% of our, of our okay. acquisition. But Sizable, yeah. Yeah, but but like within within that, like a, a, a small percent of that is like Apple search, right? Where we're just defend. Okay. That, that's that's the broad search, right? So that's like Google. Yep. Right? Yep. A tool. So so broad search, pretty high, like keyword defending, pretty low. Okay. Yeah. We're we're gonna stay in the weeds here a little bit. I noticed you guys have Apple Health Kit installed, or it looks like it was installed earlier this year. How have you been leveraging that? Because I, it doesn't like, it didn't click in my brain. I wasn't like, oh, Fetch Rewards makes sense for Apple Health Kit. I, I wasn't really sure what was happening there. I can give you my, my so the, the real answer is I don't know. And it gives you a little insight into our culture. Like we- Did I stumble goal, across an experiment? Well, so probably. Like we have teams that, that are, are, we have this pack structure and we have like a, a phenomenal engineering and product team that are trying to solve problems, right? And- and there's probably some pack somewhere that that has some hunch of something that they want to try to build and proto- prototype and and hack into and see if they can create a, a a product around it. And when that bubbles up to the point where they have something that they want to to expose to to see if it's ready to go live, I, I, like I'm sure I'll hear about it. Yeah, but that's very much how our teams work. Like they have free reign to to do what they think is going to be the best for their area. And if that's Apple Health Kit and something, my guess, if you think about high level, what, what we do is like reward people for everyday purchases, reward people for things. We believe that if you create value for another company, you should be rewarded for it, like explicitly. And so I could see a path where become Apple Health Kit and, and, and moving ties into, let's say, Gatorade or any fitness-based company, right? So there could be something there, but don't, don't have a concrete answer for you. All good. All right. Let's talk about creatives then, because I, I I read on your your bio that you you over I don't know if you still do, but at least at one point you were overseeing creative, and it's always fascinating to me. Like what, we have a we have a creatives ad intelligence tool over here at Optopia, and you can look through the creative gallery and see all the different things that people are running. Maybe it only runs for like three days, eleven days, whatever, and you can kind of get a feel for what's working, what's not working. How do you how do you iterate on creatives? Are they when you come up with something, how short-lived is it before you have to end up swapping it out? And just how do you go through that process? Mobile average, mobile creative specifically. Yeah. So I think one of the one of the most important things that we do is is we give our creative and acquisition teams like a lot of bandwidth to play with brand. We're not highly protective of like what a classic marketer would think of as as brand within mobile and like mobile go to market because you never know what, like what's going to work to get 
the, the right person into the funnel. And so we let the, like, we let the data speak for itself. We give a lot of leeway. And so what that creates is, is a high, like a high velocity of, of, of creative trial. Some will last for like, some never make it off the ground. Some will last for days, weeks, some will, you can run for a year. It just depends on, it depends. So on it's what, like, it's like a, just a creative lab. You're just experimenting, seeing what works, throwing things out there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and a, like a lot of it, there's the creative and that, that, that drives, that drives results. That's one of the levers that you can pull. But the next is like, we recognize that a, a piece of creative might not work on this, on this display partner, but it might work on another one. Yep. Uh, right. So, so it's, you've got to try, you've just got to keep, keep kind of running at it. Right. And, and, and putting it out there. And do you ever find that there, this is a little like more down funnel, but like maybe you have creatives that are doing a good job at attracting users, but do you then follow them to find out, did all those, okay, the X number of people download my app based on this creative, looks like it's working good. We lowered our CPI, but then they end up deleting the app or leaving the app a few days later or something like that. Do you, are are you aware enough to understand, okay, this creative was good at attracting, but maybe it had the wrong message. And so they're not staying. Yeah, so we watch all um, we watch all of our partners, so our go to market, our acquisition channels, all the way down funnel, right? So we tie it all through our cohorts, and that that like by default ties in the the creative, right? Because we're, we're typically like we'll find a creative winner on a channel and we'll run that for a bit, and so we'll know what what they're running. So so like we don't look by creative all the way down funnel; we look by channel okay. all the way down funnel. And that by default lets us know like what, what creative is, is working to retain. But yeah, I mean, it becomes super important. Like we, we slice our retention by everything, like by everything up top, top of funnel. And it's not just by like, it, we'll, we'll look by channel and then by device. Right. So it's cause it's, it's different that way too. And then you may have to, to like figure out what creative you need to infuse up top just to move iOS or move Android or whatever it is. Right. Okay. All right. Thanks for the deep dive. We, we, we could zoom out a little now. So I was just thinking about Fetch Rewards, maybe think about just like retail in general. And I started thinking about Pinduoduo because they they had an app recently launched in the United States called, I don't know if it's pronounced Timu or Temu, honestly, but the whole the whole point of, for those who don't know, Pinduoduo, if you're looking it up on your phone, it's it's T E M U. I'm not I'm not going to ask you too many questions about that specifically. Yeah, episode. no, I know what it is. They, they, I watch the app store very very closely, as you can imagine. And yeah. yeah. So for for those who don't know, Pinduoduo, it's an extremely successful e-commerce platform out of out of China, and essentially what it's like core thing is that it gets people to buy in bulk together. So like they team up with their friends or family members and they're able to get lower prices. But like in the United States that I don't call my brother and like, Hey, let's go in on this, this thing together. Right. Everyone kind of does their own shopping. And so what I'm wondering is from your point of view, like, do you think that that type of buying structure could ever be successful in the United States in the next few years, if at all? So yes, and, and I, like I think it already has. Like the, the what people often forget is Groupon kind of invented this space. Oh, that's an interesting thought. Like they did right. Like they they did this. They launched this. It was a little different, right? They launched in two thousand eight. iPhone launched in two thousand seven, right? So apps were very new. So they were they were largely web based. But Groupon had a lot of success. Now the the problem there was. The incentives were misaligned, right? So, like retailers struggled; they they couldn't retain, and they were given so like the, 
the, the, the retail piece wasn't fully solved, like the, the benefit to retail. Now Groupon still exists. And I think you could say success is all relative, right? But they, they're still around. They still exist. They've, they've built a business. So I think, yes, I think absolutely it will. I think that it's something like, you know, TikTok announced that they're going heavy into the space, right? Like, I think that we're going to be hearing a lot more about what TikTok's doing in social shopping. We have a super engaged fetch. We have a super engaged user base, like crazy engagement. Like our, our MAU to DLU ratios trend more up towards social apps than utility. Like utilities, like group on some of those classic savings apps, it's like 20%. We're mm-hmm. up like 35, 40%. The, the top tier, like the best social apps are like 60% MAU to DAU. Yep. And so we're like trending up towards that. And, and, and we're looking at features in this space. We're, we're, we're actively working on collaborative buying features. So I think it's going to be a, a, a wave. I think it's a, a huge part of where everything Yeah. I, I was talking with the Hopper and they were pretty bullish on it because people do go on trips together like that. That makes sense for travel. It's like, I, I will go with my brother on a trip somewhere. And so it makes a lot of sense to like buy tickets with family and friends together. So I definitely, I definitely see that happening in travel as well. Yeah. yeah. All right. Last question before we get to our game. And I'm, I'm, I've actually never asked this question, but I'm just curious because I could always use inspiration. Who would you like to hear from in the mobile app space? Like who should I go send an email to and try <laughs> to get on this show? So I think it would be interesting to hear from, have you seen, you've probably really seen Gas App, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Nik- Nikita Bear, I think is the, the founder yeah. there. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to hear from him for, j- just from the standpoint that he's clearly cracked some code for product market fit against the younger. So back to like demographic, like the younger demo, like teens. Right. Um, he's done it twice. His track record kind of speaks for himself. I think he has some unique from what I've read some unique thoughts on, on K-Factor and acquisition of, of younger demos. I think it'd be interesting to hear it. Like he, he's clearly got some magic that he's found there. Awesome. I'm going to reach out to him and I'm going to say, you told me that he <laughs> yeah, had a show. Yeah. We're, we're going to see how good of a lure you are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, time for our game, Two Apps and a Lie. And Beric, I don't know if you know how to play this game, but just in case anyone's listening for the first time, I'm going to go over the rules. It's very simple. I'm going to read you three app names and their app store descriptions. Two of them are real. They exist. And put your phone away. Don't look at, don't, don't look at your phone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and one of them I've, I've just completely made up. Right. Cool. And I'm, I've, I honestly thought this was going to be an easier game. I think I've stumped three out of four people since I've been playing this game. So we'll, I we'll like it. can help even, even out the guests here. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. App one. It's called couples therapy. Every good relationship has a reacher and a settler. One person reaches for someone who's out of their league, and the other person settles for someone below theirs. If you're not sure which one you are, chances are you're the reacher. But couples therapy will let you know for certain. Just upload a picture of you and your significant other, and our advanced AI algorithm will scan your features to determine who's out of whose league. It's not all about looks, you say? Fair enough. Just fill out our short five-question survey about yourself and your significant other, and then upload it for others in our community to judge your relationship and let you know if your significant other is too good for you or if it's the other way around. Feel free to upload pictures of other couples too. The fun and the learning never ends. Wow. That is um, brutal. That is, that is so funny. App, app, app two is called $1 million. 
If you ever wanted to feel what counting out $1 million feels like, this app will help you do that. You can choose you can choose to count the money in either $50 or $100 denominations. There are different swipe gestures you can use to count the bills. A completely pointless app with a million dollars inside of it. <laughs> and then the third, which that's kind of like an imp- incremental game, essentially. And then the the third app is also a game. It's called I Am Bread. Uh, I Am Bread, as the name suggests, is a simulator in which you control a sentient slice of bread, which is on a mission to evolve and become toast. You'll have to skillfully move the bread from its confines in the kitchen and take it across a bunch of different levels to achieve the goal. On the way, you'll have to stay weary of the floor and other contaminants that will decrease the bread's edibility quotient. Do you have what it takes to help bread become toast? Prove it. Get iron bread right away. So we have three apps. We have one, couples therapy, two, $1 million, three, I am bread. So Burke, I ask you, which app is the fake app? This is the beautiful thing about the app store. There's two, two million apps in the app store. There's some gems in there. I think the fake app is I am bread. Okay, that is incorrect. Dang. <laughs> I am bread is a very real app. And you can you can play it if you if you'd like to. If you'd like to go on that mission to become toast, that's that's available to you, Burke. What is not real is the Compulse Therapy app. That is the fake app. That was the funniest one. So good for you. You should create that. <laughs> I think that would go. <laughs> Yeah, that would be that would be like a fad app. It would like hit the top of the app store and then and then die out like a week later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's some good mechanics in there. That's <laughs> it's br- brutally hilarious. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, hey Burke, thank you so much for joining us, coming on, talking to us about Fetch Rewards. Really interesting as always, especially in just like the current economic situation. I think it's always interesting to hear to retailers or, or people in that space. So appreciate it. Awesome, Adam. Great time. This is it, what? Lucini pouring from the sky, let's get rich, what? The Jiki finds the sugar dimes, can't quit, what? Now pop the caucus in the Vega and get lit, what? 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 Introducing Phantom of the Dark Walk through my heaven with levitation from reefers drenching deep as an E7 show bolting with Rugas, flash vines, Bella Fonte Jigger. Let's get forward this birth as we confiscate your figures. Yes, a new brown, levitating G.